0: If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is, there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, And a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome to the podcast today, Lauren. I would love to start by understanding what led you to make the decision to become a solo mum by choice.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. So um, I decided to uh, become a solo mum by choice um, uh, pretty much after I was widowed about 12 years ago now. So I. Yeah, I was I was married um uh at 25. Uh I I'd, I'd been with my my late husband before we got married for about 3 years. We were married for 18 months and then um he he passed away by suicide. And so uh I really felt at the time that I I kind of had an instinct that I'd lost I'd lost a big big love um I lost my person and I just had I just had this feeling that I wasn't going to find that sense of home and what I had with anyone else uh so the following year the first year after um losing him I started to investigate how I could become a mother wow um yeah he children was something we definitely wanted
0: yeah
1: and it was something that i thought would be on the horizon you know within a, a few years after us getting married and so that was a big part of of my grief was that i wasn't going to have a child with him so i started investigating i i made an appointment with um the fertility specialist um Melissa Luckensmeyer and I ended up using her again and visiting her again six or seven years later Um, but I made an appointment with her yeah and um, she was yeah she was like yeah you can you can do this but at that time I didn't have my family's support and um, they felt that I wasn't giving myself the chance to do it the the right way and that yeah. I would find love again and that I would meet someone and I had relationships um I lived with um, a partner I was briefly engaged for a time but just nothing nothing worked out and felt how it needed to feel for me. and yeah I got to 34. And was like, I, I I'm ready, and I don't want to wait to meet someone. Um, and the experience that the experiences I'd had in relationships since losing my husband, um, I was, I was losing um, trust in relationships and wanting to be married and share my life with someone. And even the thought of parenting with someone yeah. was unappealing. And the thought of doing it on my own became more and more attractive, daunting, but um, attractive. And so yeah, at 34, I was like, no, I, I, I'm ready. I need this. I'd always wanted to be a mother and I wanted to have the experience of being pregnant um having my own child and by that time my family my friends were totally on board I was gonna ask if they if they came around in that time yeah yeah they had and I think they kind of sort of had seen that it was something I really wanted and and um I'd been through (laughs) enough heartbreak and disappointment and um yeah it was it was It was hard, like dating after um, loss and then heartbreak um, would kind of, uh, you know, make my grief flare up again. And, um, yeah, and honestly, since I I made the decision and it obviously worked out for me, um, I just I feel like I am living my the life I want to get or a life that I want to live again yeah. and um it's just brought peace and purpose and yeah so that's that's what led me to becoming a SMBC <laughs>
0: oh first of all so so sorry to hear about your husband that would have been so tough but thank you so- yeah yeah it's it's all you've got your sort of happy ending with your little one now yeah. so yeah yeah So you went back to the facility specialist with family and friend support, which would have made it a lot easier for you. What did you have to go through to get them?
1: Um, So I I had made an appointment with Queensland Fertility Group Mm -hmm. and um, got um, my, had that appointment to get everything checked, all the, you know, the bloods and um, check how all the plumbing's working (laughs) and all of that um, and then connect with their donor program um, so the meeting with the counselor, which I was kind of nervous about, um, my sister came, came with me for that day where you go through, it was a very, very long appointment. You go through all the financial, what the process is, um, and then the meeting with the counselor. And I was a little bit concerned about that because of my, um, checkered mental health history from, um, having, like having gone through the trauma of losing my husband. Um, and I thought, oh, they're not, they're going to tell me no, but it wasn't, it wasn't really like that. It wasn't really a yes or no type thing. It was more just making sure I understood, um, what I was getting myself into and the realities of, of the donor program and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, and then it was deciding what um, what avenue I was going to take IVF or IUI, and I was I, I just felt massive uh, impatience with the whole thing. Um, so I was like, I, I just I I don't want to mess around. I just want to bring out the heavy artillery. Let's go straight to the IVF. Yeah, um, and yeah, and uh, then it was getting access to the donor, um, database. And for me, that was probably the most uncomfortable, um, aspect of, of the whole thing. Like that, it, it, that was something I would never want to do again. Um, it was very strange, very strange. My sister was with me. We drank wine and, um, it just, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> Did you know going oh, into um, what you were
0: looking for or I would,
1: just no idea what you're doing? In interest, like, it's probably going to sound bad, but I didn't want to be too fussy mm-hmm. because when I did get into, I know you probably should be, but I wasn't. I, I think I just, I didn't want to miss out and I wanted to get started as soon as possible. And I was surprised at the time that I, I was in the database there were there was only about 14 profiles that that were available and um two of them were um were were ethnic and and i I didn't want i wanted the, the the child to sort of blend into into my family if that makes sense um so there was really 12 to choose from Interestingly, when I was when I was thinking about choosing a donor um, back when I first started considering this um, and testing the waters in 2012, I wanted to find someone that looked exactly like my late husband. So I wanted blonde hair, I wanted blue eyes, and and I think at the time it was I was probably in an unhealthy way trying to create as close a match uh, to a child I could have with James as as possible. But you know, all those years later. I was I was wanting to find um, a donor who had physical characteristics that sort of matched my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for brown hair, brown eyes, um, you know, squinty eyes, thin lips, <laughs> dimples. Like I was just like these these are my features, and this these are what the people in my family, the kids in my family, tend to look like. And I was really lucky; like there was someone in there that really matched, like that description. And and what I liked about his profile was that it showed a picture of him. It wasn't the baby picture. He must have been about six or seven. Oh, wow. And so it was, yeah, I used an international donor, mm-hmm. but it was an international donor that was um, only available for use in Australia. So um, obviously ID release when, when Max is um, 18, that's my son's name. Um, so yeah, I, and he, the, this photo, this photo of the little boy in his soccer uniform, it just looked like a boy that could fit into, um, our family. He's, he came from a family of teachers, yeah. which I kind of saw as a bit of a sign. I'm a teacher. Um, he expressed a value for education. So I was like, great. That sounds fantastic. He, he has a religious background which was not something that is usually uh well it's not something that's uh, I put a lot of weight in um but I did like in his um essay his approach to it you know like you don't need to like everyone but you need to love everyone on a, a human compassionate level have love for your fellow man, and I thought yeah okay I can buy into that and I'd be happy for any future child to uh, know that their their donor shares those values, but I also liked that uh, it said that he his donation had been used successfully um, before. I thought um, it's it's tr- you know tried and tested. So I <laughs> I found that I just I just wanted it to work, and I think my friends and family were their fear because of everything i had been through that if I was going to have difficulty conceiving or even it not working out, um, first try what that might do for me, do to me emotionally. Um, and yeah, I can, I can appreciate their fears there. I shared them. So, um, yeah, I, I had a few glasses of wine and hit select and then, yeah, we got started pretty quickly after that. So, yeah, I um I had my son Max. I'm I'm one and done. I have my intention was only to have one child. Okay. Um for financial reasons, I think if I was to have um a sibling, I'd be the mum that has to say no all the time. Mm. Can't have that, can't have this, you can't go there. And um there, there's lots of my son has lots of cousins, so um he was born uh, the year that my siblings also had a child, my brother had his her, had his first child, um, the month after Max was born, and then the month before Max was born, my sister had her third and final child. So we had three babies pop into our family in the one year. How amazing is that going to be growing up? Wow! Yeah, we call them we call them the triplet cousins. That's so cool. Um, so that's sort of, and he, he's very close with them and spends a lot of time with them. So I sort of feel like I've ticked that sibling box in a way. Um, so yeah, thankfully it, it it worked out for me first attempt. But okay. yeah, the 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 process of of IVF, the the injections, the egg collection, um, like that was just. Ugh. I'd hate to put myself through that again. You know, I didn't get as many eggs as what we thought I would get. Uh, I got seven and I don't think they were entirely pleased with my quality. Um, And then after that, two embryos, a third one that needed a little bit more time. So we are able to use um, the best embryo and put two in the freezer.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Okay. yeah, thankfully I did the fresh transfer and yeah, and now I've got my my little boy. Interestingly though, I didn't get the brown hair, brown eyes. I got um brown eyes and flaming red hair. Oh really? Uh, but <laughs> Some yeah, but, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I um I, there's plenty of redheads in, in in my family, just not in my direct family, but cousins and aunts. And I kind of forgot about that. Um, and so there must be, as I understand it, um, somewhere along the donor's line as well. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's quite funny because I was like, I just want him to look like me and, and I don't want anyone to go, oh, where's your daddy? Or, Or does your daddy have blue eyes or something like that? And now all the time it's oh, so does dad have, have red hair and, but Max is at an age now where he's very good at, at, um, at saying, no, I don't, I don't, have a dad, I have a donut, and they're like, Oh, okay. And yeah, my daughter so, on the way
0: home from daycare but... today, her best friend just came back from holiday. She's like, I told Hazel I have a donut, I like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it's it's um, he's just wonderful, and I'm I'm relieved and feel very lucky that um, I was able to to um, get maxi with, um, with one round of IVF and one transfer. Cause I know it's, I, I know that is a lucky, lucky run of it. And and many people are not, um, as fortunate. So yeah, I feel, I feel very blessed that it's all worked out so far.
0: <laughs> and so once you had him was it what you expected life would be like as a
1: solo mum? Uh, I knew it would be, um, I think it, I knew it would be tough, but it 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 threw some curveballs at me. Um, the pandemic was one of them. Mm-hmm. I sort of felt like I I brought a child into the world. I was studying I was at that stage where I was g- getting my confidence, taking him places, meeting mums, sort of joining an unofficial mother's group at like rhyme time in the library, and then suddenly we were in lockdown. Yeah. I'm lucky that I've got my my parents live close by and when I made the decision um they were like yeah we're behind you and, we're, and we'll be there to support you so they they give me a lot of support with Max for babysitting and and helping out with things. Um but at 15 months old Max was diagnosed with juvenile idiopathic arthritis.
0: Oh wow, okay.
1: And yeah, that that was that was a curveball that I wasn't expecting. Um, I thought I had a very well behaved baby that just liked to sit in the one place all the time and just like playing with his toys around him. And um, I noticed he was late to crawl, um, but he got there <laughs> eventually, and um, he started walking. And I just thought all kids toddled in there you know, weird little way when they first start walking. But then um, uh, his finger started to swell up and curl in on itself. And I was like, oh, that's that's really strange. We thought it was an infection. And then before I know it, um, I've been referred to a pediatrician, a rheumatologist, and um, he had arthritis um, all over knees, ankles, uh, wrists, uh, finger joints, and, yeah, he was going in to have steroid injections into his joints and um, I have to inject him every fortnight um, to keep his arthritis under control. Gosh. And so, yeah, I'm kind of like navigating the the health system with the, the child with a chronic illness, and that was not, you know, something I... Invisage, but I guess that's you know all that's something that all parents um have to take on and um,
0: is that generally a genetic condition and did was there anyone else in the family or the donor
1: side that you know of that had that yeah so I, I ended up ha- I did have to contact um his the the cryobank um in America and they were happy to receive the information there's no other um reports of that and it's certainly not something that is um in the donor's medical profile or any other child that um, has presented with that um and it's not something that's typically in my family i mean there's not there there isn't really it's an autoimmune disease so they they're not quite they're not quite sure whether there is a genetic connection it's just yeah it's just how it is so um yeah so that's that's what's going on. He he has three monthly rheumatology reviews. Sometimes, you know, his, his arthritis will flare up in his knees and he'll be quite stiff and sore of a morning, but, um, he's, he's doing quite well at the moment. If anything, I feel like what's popping up is, um, side effects from the medication or he's, constantly picking up, like the slightest infection can become, oh, yeah. um, a bigger deal because he has he takes a medication that, um, lowers his immune system. So there was a time that he got quite a nasty, um, lung infection and had to be, had to go under again to have a procedure to clear out his lungs. So sure. yeah, that, that stuff, that stuff is hard. Um, and I do, I do have to um rely on my parents for their support there in, in helping me with that. But it's it's a lot of time off work to attend his appointments and um things like that and keep him on track and but he's he's happy, he's healthy, he he is so used to blood tests and needles and um he's he's quite a resilient little little fellow. So yeah that has been that has been tricky <laughs> have you found that work's
0: been really supportive though or has that been something you've had to navigate
1: yeah, yeah. look um work Work has work has been supportive, yes. I mean teaching, I think teaching can be a hard job, um, you know, as a parent. And I think I think it's going to present new challenges as I go along, particularly when Max starts school himself. And then I need to go to his parent teacher interviews, but I also need to attend my own parent teacher interviews and uh and things like that. Um I'm an English teacher, so there's so much marking and work that I take home. Yeah. And that's that's something that I found I knew it would be tricky but um it it's hard like when I want to just spend time with him um but you know there's a deadline uh, for these grades and I need to I need to get to it um so there's times yeah where I feel like I I had a baby that um my parents get to. Enjoy a lot, and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. They've really bonded again and connected over over Max. It's like they get to have the benefits of um, having a having a child in retirement, and um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So yeah, I, I there's a lot of guilt that comes with with working and having to hand him over um, to, to get that work done. Um, but yeah, like, you know, there's, there's, there's been some, um, some flexibility that work as much flexibility as a school can offer. Uh, I'm, I no longer taking a a homeroom class for the time being to give me a bit of extra time in the mornings, especially if Max is having a morning where he's, you know, woken up with 80 year old joints and needs a warm bath or needs some anti-inflammatory to kind of grease up a bit before we before we get moving and grooving um yeah it's it's tricky it's tricky but yeah I they they understand the the challenge I mean the the, the tricky thing for them too was um you know it's it's I work at a private school and it is a religious school and so Ooh, uh, yes, how okay. yeah <laughs> how how I have um become a mother is um a unique pathway for them mm-hmm and uh yeah they were they were um my principal was was supportive um and it kind of helped that just before my pregnancy announcement came people had their suspicions but just before my pregnancy announcement came uh, a colleague had volunteered to be a surrogate for a friend so had the announcement that they were expecting but it was not um, <laughs> their trials that they were carrying and so I was kind of like oh awesome that that kind of breaks the ice um a bit better so yeah. yeah have you had any weird reactions
0: from any of the parents of children that are at school with you as well then if it's quite a religious school
1: Mm, yeah, that was that was one of the things I think that yeah, my principal gave me, um, and by my principal I mean my employer, uh, was very supportive in saying that like he was like, look, you know, how would how would you like us to um, handle that if people have concerns or comments? And I asked that I not be made aware just deal with them. And I don't want to, I don't want to hear that or know that. So there's been some situations where I've had, um, particularly during my pregnancy where I had some suspicions that maybe there was a concern, but I think, um, I think my, my school did a good job of, um, of protecting me from that. And, um, yeah, so not so much at school, uh, in some t- some social interactions, particularly uh, when I started going to mothers' groups and things like that, I kind of learnt the people that thought it was really interesting and cool and like, wow, yeah, I want to, I want to know that story. And then some people that thought that was odd, um, mm. or I received one comment was like, oh, that sounds very science fiction to me. And really, um, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I was just like, okay. That's you're not my people. That's, Perfect. You're that's not fine. my people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um I I actually think it's, you know, it's it's becoming more common. People more people are are aware of it now. And um yeah, I think people just sort of see it as um something unique um about me as a mother and you and unique and cool about Maxie and his daycare did this whole um you know, the story of their family, or story, my, my my birth story, or story of me, how they came to be, and so I was sort of like, "Well, this is this is Max's story. He's he's a donor conceived child, and um, and they were helping the kids make a little collage of images that tells their story, pictures of mum and their family, and I noticed on Max's collage they found a little a little baby, a little embryo baby in a in a cup." <laughs> And that was like, however you become a mother, it's, it's, is, is special. And, and I just thought that was so cool and so yeah, funny and, yeah. and, and sweet. Like, um, and, and his, his story was just up there with everyone else who had, you know, the more traditional uh, looking families. And yeah, I really, I really thought that was lovely and a step in the right direction. So,
0: Yeah. Have you managed to make much of a village or community with other solo mums around you?
1: Not really. No, I've had I've certainly had plenty um and by plenty I should say two people um that are interested in becoming a solo mum themselves and wanting to meet up and talk with me and 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 um know, learn of my story that way to get some advice on what it's like. What does it involved? What is the cost? Um, but no, I, I like other than following mums on Instagram, um, the SMBC community on Instagram, and but I'm I mean my my Instagram handle is Quiet Observer because um, I I don't kind of um, try to I, I don't naturally form relationships that well. On social media so I like to observe and pop in my little comments um that way so uh yeah there's there's certainly a solo mums that I follow on Instagram but no I haven't really engaged with with much of um the SNBC community um in person no
0: yeah I think I'm not sure yeah. if Victoria is just a bit special or we're just all desperate to to connect with each other but there's a lot of and things and camping trips and stuff here, but
1: I yeah I think I good. think it's because I got my family I've got my family around me and and Max has got his siblings and and I still I I'm still in a um I'm in an undecided place with um donor siblings and and okay and that and uh, yeah i'm part of me right now is uh, not open to to you know to connecting with with any potential um donor siblings um cuz i guess i don't know what i'm bringing trust for me is is an issue i guess i don't i, I don't know what i'm i'm bringing into um, my life and what the expectation would be yeah. of the relationship, if that makes sense. And I think at the moment I've just sort of filed it away as um, that's going to be a decision for Max when he's old enough. And I don't necessarily think that that age is 18. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that he is curious about, um, you know, when he's when he's a bit older. Um, I kind of want I want to let him take the lead there and um so leave some choices open open to him have you
0: found out if there are any donor siblings
1: there there are I there are I um I knew there was um successful births when I um, selected the donor. Mm-hmm. And then when I had to report um, Max's diagnosis to the cryobank, um, they let me know that there were four other children um, from that donor, and that, um, that no one had presented with with the same diagnosis. Um, so, so yeah, there's I know of at least. Of at least four. I, I also know that the donor is currently or well, is ina- inactive and unlikely to to donate again. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're out there, and you know, if Maxi was twelve and and wanted to um, see whether we could find any of those donor siblings, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, cool. If that's something you want to do, then, then we can do it. But I think for now um, I kind of just want to keep it. I just, I don't want to share him yet. <laughs> it could go so, kind of one of
0: both yeah. ways, couldn't it? Cause he's already kind of got siblings with all his cousins that are so close in age,
1: Yes, but it could be like,
0: I have more like this out there. I want to meet them or I've got enough. I don't yeah. need to just, yeah. You don't know how. Yeah, works. exactly
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and so his cousins are all quite close living around you as well he's spending a lot of time with them
1: yeah we we um we live in brisbane he spends he probably spends more time with them than what i do like for babies like he's with his grandparents one day a week he goes to daycare four days a week um and so i think there's lots of catch-ups with various cousins on that day weekends we'll we'll catch up and and get together but yes he does um He's, he's very close with his um, other male cousin Benny and his Luna is like a like a little sister to him mm. um he's yeah he's he's very very close with them it's it's really lovely which is a relief because um, I didn't much enjoy being pregnant and um I was always decided that I was having one child so <laughs> uh, especially on my own so yeah but no it's it's working out well yeah. Has there any, been anything
0: that's surprised you since you've become a solo mum that you didn't see was going to happen that way? Like in a good way?
1: Ah, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes think I'm really lucky to not have to negotiate parenting, uh, with a, with a partner. I, I do hear stories um, from my, you know, from friends where that can be a real source of contention in the relationship. Um, and then I, you know, I, I have some friends that where their their relationships didn't work out and so they're sharing custody of their child. Mm. And um, and I've seen that that can be really, really heartbreaking where, you know, they they won't have their child for Christmas that year. It's not their turn um or when thing, when things are difficult like they've got no control of over what's happening um of their, well their their child's not in their care um i just i think i kind of convinced myself that if i was to have a child with a partner that's potentially how it would likely end up and the thought of having to hand my child over like that i just i can't imagine so i I feel really blessed, um, in that way. Um, yeah. And being able to make all the choices, you know, I, I was able to choose the name I'm going to choose the schools. I don't have to, you know, agree to baptize a child because someone it's really important to the spouse's family yeah. or anything like that. Like it's, it's nice to be, uh, totally in the driver's seat on, on every um decision. So yeah. Um, but I mean there, there are certainly there are certainly challenges as well where I can see that having another person, another adult uh in the house is um is advantageous, by yeah. me, for sure. Um you know I I got a bit too confident and I Max was comfortable playing with his toys in front of the TV. And I thought I might just quickly go and wash my hair and um, the television was broken in that space of time. And I just was just kicking myself. And that's been, that was a, that was probably the most expensive damage that Max has caused, um, you know, since his, since his birth. So I was like, oh gosh, that was, that's a painful one. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's, it, it it's hard when he's not wanting to go down or is thrown a lot of tantrums of late. Um, like, you know, being totally in the driver's seat means sometimes I'm, you know, I don't have anyone there to bounce those ideas off or, or am I doing the right thing here? Or so I think sometimes I can be a bit hard on myself. Yeah. Um, you know, if I feel like I'm, I'm not, um, I'm failing him somehow, or I get a bad report of he's hitting at daycare and being like, oh gosh, where did I go wrong? Or he's a three year old um, boy. Yeah. Yeah. He dropped a, he's dropped a couple of swear words as well. And I'm just, oh gosh, it's like I can blame it on, blame it on a partner or, you know, he must have, he must have picked that up from me or must have been the neighbor. Surely. (laughs) Uh, Certainly. Yes. Yeah. I think maybe I've like, I, I've had to be careful, you know, with the kind of TV shows that I'm watching around him now. Like there was things that I would watch, and I'd think, "Ah, oh, he's just playing with his toys. He's not paying attention." Um, especially when he just won't go down to sleep, and yeah, can't watch Bridgerton anymore. He was, you know, made the comment of, "I can see that man's bottom. I was like, Damn it! Can't watch this <laughs> show around you anymore. You're actually watching the TV." So, um, yeah, but um, look, it's it's life is certainly so so much better uh with max um you know on my own it's not what i how i thought it would go and it's not what i planned but um yeah i would i would have that i'd have it this way any day than you know being stuck in that relationship cycle and the pressure of, okay, well I'm getting older and I really want to have a child and, oh, you're not ready or all that, all that was just, um, just awful and and put so much pressure on, on relationships that, um, yeah, it's, it's the best decision I ever made for myself. So, yeah.
0: Have you thought about whether you'll start dating Mm.
1: yeah that's a big no that's a big no <laughs> <laughs> it's a question I I get asked a lot um yeah no that's no 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 um dating was dating was just awful it was just awful I and dating really changed um I feel like dating changed quite quickly after my husband died like it was all online and so I I feel like I I met people that I wasn't supposed to meet you know like there was a reason our worlds never collided because they were never supposed to and I ju- I just didn't enjoy it I I really didn't enjoy it and um it, my relationship history just tells me that it's it's not it's not something that um adds adds anything positive to my life and with max with max on the scene i just don't want like when things didn't work out i'd be so heartbroken you know and i just don't want want, want him to ever see me like that and i would i would hate for his heart to break like i just imagine max like max does idolize men you know he he he's thankfully he one of his daycare workers is is male and you know he uncles but male friends he just he just thinks they're amazing so he he craves male interaction and male attention um so i just know he'd fall in love with someone i was dating or someone i introduced him to and then i would just feel awful too that like you know it didn't it didn't work out for him as well yeah um yeah and i i don't i'm just not ready to to trust anyone um with max or share anyone with max like that just seems like a minefield that i don't i'm yeah nowhere near ready to consider so at at the moment happy to continue life untethered maybe when Max graduates high school (laughs) maybe we'll come back Um, in about
0: 15 years time then
1: (laughs) yeah or like a, a companion um but certainly not a man living in my house no 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 I really like.
0: Was it Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter? They just had houses right next to each other with like an interconnecting
1: door, and I was like, "That sounds beautiful, you know beautiful." Don't even need the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's been nice just having things exactly as I as I like them. No, I'm I'm learning to negotiate with Max now, and um, you know, it's his house too, and he likes he likes doing. Um, he has different interests to me. I, you know, there's things where I'm like, I wonder if that's your donor, like coming through. He's far more interested in the outdoors uh, than I am. He's far more interested in the mechanics building things. And he's not the, um, the artsy little drama nerd Mm -hmm. that I, that I thought I would, I would have, but (laughs) I don't know, still early days. We'll see. (laughs) It's like, very into sports, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to, I've got to develop an interest in this because, yeah, that seems to be who you are. So, I'm willing to negotiate life and and change life and adjust. Um, for Max, that's the only man that I'm that I'm interested in
0: of like... late. <laughs> Love it. If you could look back now, is there anything you wish you'd done differently on your journey?
1: Anything I would have done differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I probably, I probably would have, I'd say I didn't create any kind of birth plan and I didn't do any kind of, um, uh, birth classes or anything. I didn't go to the birth classes because I didn't want to be there on my own. And I didn't want to be going there with my mother and, and I, I wish I'd done that, you know, I, but I just didn't have the courage and I still part of me still felt like I was doing something weird or that people would think was weird. Mm. And I thought I think I just was a bit blase about, oh yeah, I'll have this baby and and my birth plan was let's just let's just get the baby out safely, do whatever you need to do. I'd like to try natural labor. And that didn't pan out. Um, and I, I wonder whether maybe if I had, you know, taken those classes, um, whether, you know, I would have had a different experience. Um, yeah, but I think, I think back then I just, yeah, that, that feeling of, oh, this is strange and I'm, I'm, I'm so different and people are going to be wondering why I'm there alone and, um, or why I'm there with my mom or um, or people are going to think that my mom is my partner or my, you know, (laughs) I was like, Oh, no, 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 I'm just not going to do any of that. And I wish I had, that would probably be the only thing that I'd change. But, um, you know, my, my, I chose the, I chose the right fertility specialist. She was just marvelous. Um, and I, I chose the right donor. Max is marvelous. And, um, Yeah, like all of that stuff, probably more just being a bit more mindful and having a bit more courage, um, you know, about navigating my pregnancy as a solo mum. I kind of just was like, oh, my my mum's been through this before she'll let me know what to expect and my, my sister did this so you know I, I I know what I'm in for and I didn't I didn't so <laughs> but you know that's that's how it goes so that would be that would be the only thing I mean you know what I probably would I should have done it sooner I should have done it sooner do you think you would have been in the right place
0: mentally to do it sooner after obviously the process of having to grieve your husband
1: and- no yeah, no. Oh. Look, I, my my family and friends were right not to support me in the decision at that time. Um, but I reckon there, I there, there, were probably about two or three hard years that I didn't need to have, <laughs> um, where I I should have just backed myself. And yeah, a lot of um, awful dates that I didn't need to go on. Um, oh, I can uh, to that. Yep. <laughs> to see. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, my, and my advice to anyone would be, um, yeah, don't wait, do it like sooner the better. Yeah. Do you feel you've got more courage
0: now in who you are as a solo mum rather than feeling like you're doing something a bit weird? Has that perspective changed?
1: I definitely have more, more courage. Um, I'd say that, you know, going online, going on Instagram, seeing, you know, just there's so many profiles out there of, of solo mums by choice um, and podcasts like, like yours that um, just make it seem like a, just, just another option, another pathway to motherhood. Um, and it's definitely, you know, in media as well, like it's, it's, there's more of us out there and, um, and and I think I think that's definitely made me feel, um, you know, like I haven't done anything sneaky, and um, that that I I have um, you know just as much right to be a mother, um, you know, as as anyone in a in a couple or a relationship. And yeah, I think I think that's what I was fearful of that people would hit me up with those you know that moral quandary of um oh but you're denying your child another parent you're denying them a a father um and and I appreciate that concern um you know max has got oh, max is so so attached to his grandfather he often refers to his grandfather as his poppy daddy Ooh. um and and he's close with his uncles like there's positive male role models in his life um And, yeah, I just I don't I don't see a boy that is missing out. I see a boy that is is um, just so loved and so supported um, that it's yeah, it's it's not it's not something that we feel that is absent in our lives or that he's he's missing out or he's um, yeah been denied something in um, any way that that may change, you know. I'm sure Max will ask, you know, why why don't I I have a dad? And um, you know, I've got I he he knows his creation story. We've got with all the books that are that are out there now that help me tell tell the story and I'll write his name and write little specifics, you know, on the pages that's unique to us. So it's just always been part of his story. Um and yeah, it's, it's, it's things like that, that, you know, it just make it all just seem just, uh, I hate to say the word normal, but yeah, like it's just, it's just normal. We're just a, a typical family, like, like any, any other. So yeah, definitely more courage and pride, I'd have to say. Um, like, cause yeah, it's, it is hard going it alone. Um, but you know, it takes, it takes courage and um, it's just, it's just been so, so worth it.
0: I have to say through the podcast, I've met so many incredible women. I think anybody who goes on this journey, you're, you're a pretty special type of person, yeah. so a pretty awesome club to be part of.
1: Exactly. I agree. We are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone is considering joining the club, is there any advice other than do it sooner that you would give them?
1: I would I would probably advise um, have a close trusted friend or family member um, when you're looking through those through those donor profiles <laughs> uh, having my sister there really was was yeah a really big support. Um, but also um I, th- I think it helped me like not not being, so fussy or picky about my donor's got to have this 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 um because i guess i've i've learned you know despite the profile and what you're expecting you know you, there's there's 50% of your genetics at play too and and life can throw you a curveball um but you know it's i was like i want someone you know with good values that looks as much like me as is possible um yeah and and that was that was about about it um cuz i think if i had been if that list had been too um comprehensive then you know you can be um you know shut down and stifled by choice so um yeah that would that would probably be probably be my advice yeah I just do it like most people say <laughs> yeah just just go for it dive in
0: (laughs) well thank you so much for sharing your story tonight i can't wait for people
1: to hear all about you and little max great well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
0: i'm alicia and this is the no need for prince charming podcast bringing you stories of australian solo mums who created their own happy ending If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.